So who'd be complaining about the Balmoral show? Who would be less than happy with the success of it at this present moment in time? And who would be highlighting that they're not overly happy with the idea of the meat-eating, the sheep-shearing and the show jumping? Well, I'm not a meat-eater myself, but I thoroughly enjoyed the Balmoral show yesterday. I'm there every year and uh, it's a heck of an event. But I want to speak to Andrew Gotti, who is from PETA. Andrew, good morning. Hiya, Frank. Good to speak with you again. Uh, just to clarify, I'm not actually from PETA. I have worked with them some volunteer work before, but they don't employ me. I just appreciate what they do. Okay, you're an animal rights activist, Andrew. And you're not happy with it. I don't eat meat, and I you know, I look at the, the beautiful, beautiful bovines that are there, and I think to myself, you know, they're being preened today, and, you know, in the foreseeable future, they'll be on someone's plate. It, to, to me, that doesn't tally how you can love an animal so much and then send it to the abattoir at some other date. Uh, th- that I understand. Um, as for the as for the sheep shearing and the, and the show jumping, I- I'll allow you to start with the, the meat eating first of all. But because there are many people, many many people who totally understand meat eating and who see it as central to the success of this country and also to the success of our health. But uh, t- tell me why you're against the meat eating, the sheep shearing, and the show jumping. Uh, from a moral point of view, uh, it's absolutely unnecessary, I suppose, for human nutrition to eat any animal products. And in fact, it can be uh, obesity with the saturated fat, no cholesterol in any plant products. Oh, dear, we're having a problem with your phone, Andrew. Just give your phone a wee bit of a shake there and hopefully it'll, it'll, stay, it'll stay steady. Yeah, okay. Uh, try that again. I don't know if you caught it. Yeah, it's very, it's very stop start where I'm losing every sort of third or fourth, fourth word. But go ahead. Let's, let's give it one more rattle. Go ahead. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, yeah. So me, I was just saying that it is in fact unnecessary uh, for humans to consume any animal products, especially when you have supermarkets and a whole plethora of plant-based alternatives. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's unnecessary harm and violence and exploitation and keeping animals in captivity. So, for that reason, uh, I'm vegan myself. Um, and uh, I, I I was disappointed to hear, Frank, you haven't gone full vegan yet yourself. I know you don't eat meat. Yeah, funny. I, I don't eat I don't eat meat, but I do I do take dairy products, and I have to put my hand up and say, you know, I'm from a a background where uh, relatives have farms, and I I've grown up on a farm, and I'm very familiar with farming, and I'm a big fan of ice cream and milk and uh, cheese and uh, all of that. So it's uh, I do have I do have. A hesitancy when it comes to sending any animal to the abattoir, from a, a chicken to a to a to a cow. You know, I, I really do feel that that I, I couldn't do it. I could not do it personally. I couldn't do it. I couldn't rear an animal and send it to an abattoir. But you know, there'll be farming friends of mine who'd be saying, "Wise up, Frank! For God's sake, you know, you grew up on a farm. You know how it works." And I do know how it works. But maybe I'm a big softy. Well, look, there is the issue, of course, with, you know, the, the end of an animal's life. But in the farming process of, say, a cow, as, as you do know, is that they get artificially, or I suppose you could say forcefully impregnated, um, you know, um, jacking off a bull to obtain its semen and then, like, sticking their hand in the anus of a cow to hold the cervix in place. So, like, restraining them, forcing them to get pregnant so that they produce milk, take the baby away, take all the milk, separate the calf from the mother, they mourn for up to a number of weeks, uh, and you know they're maternal creatures like ourselves. There's a huge amount of mental and, and physical pain involved in all of that. 
And when, after their fifth birth, uh, their bodies are spent and not producing as much milk, they all got sent to the slaughterhouse. So any time that you support dairy, you're also supporting the slaughter of those cows. It's just important to know that not many people even know that cows need to get pregnant first to even produce that milk. They seem to think that cows just naturally produce milk, but then they're artificially or like selectively bred to produce more milk and their others are more cumbersome than they should be, much larger, which is, is hard on their bodies. So many farm animals are bred into bodies that work against them, which is why selective breeding for the purpose of exploitation is quite a cruel thing to do to, to any animal. We certainly wouldn't do it to our dogs and cats and the ones that do suffer health problems like pugs, you know, we all recognize that they've been bred just for cuteness or for humans' entertainment and that works against them. It's not fair. In fairness, I have seen artificial insemination being carried out in a buyer and it's not something that the, the cow really objects to. It's a, it's a quite a quick procedure. The gentleman or sometimes a, a lady with a very long glove uh, delivering the semen. So it is, it is, um, it, it isn't something that brings any hurt or rejection from, from the female bovine. But have you heard them crying after their calves are taken away from them? I am familiar with that, and I have seen calves being taken from cows and put onto, as they say, put onto the bucket, whereby the calf will be taken quite quickly after it's born, put in a separate unit and fed by buckets of milk from from its mother. And the cow does not seem very pleased with that. I agree with you on that one. But there are many farmers who have the the calf on the udder out in the field for for months uh, after birth? Yeah, I mean, they are put in fields, and that's why everyone thinks, like, oh, what a, what a beautiful image farming is. You, you see these cows seemingly unmolested, but you don't see all the procedures. I mean, they certainly don't advertise that, you know, when they're trying to sell you the products. You don't see all of the, the difficult things that the animals go through. And as you know, with pigs, you never see pigs. They're locked away inside. They hardly ever get to see sunlight or never get to like, exhibit their natural behaviours, like uh, digging their nose into the ground. They don't even get to be on grass. There's an absolutely tiny percentage of pigs who ever get to experience any sense of normality. And, you know, they can be locked in cages for up to like four months a year, a farrowing crate where they can't even turn around. Um, so there's lots that goes on that is not shown in the Balmoral show. This is just, you know, for show and to convince everybody that what goes on is perfectly acceptable. I don't know about your percentages in relation to the pigs, how many of them get out into the old mud and out into the grass. I, I, I genuinely don't know, but I do agree with you that I have an immense sympathy for the life of the pig because the pig is a very clever and also a very loving animal. I've, I've interacted with pigs before. And I, again, you know, when you think of the pork and the ham and all of that that people eat regularly, they don't give any consideration to, or minimal consideration to what the pig may have been through during its during its lifetime it it's it's a step down even from the sheep the sheep seem to have a better life uh, th- than the pigs yeah certainly uh, pigs are one of the top five most intelligent animals on earth and we treat them with absolute disdain i would say you know the welfare standards are are horrible if you actually know what they are um i mean they get first of all they get gassed to death i mentioned that to you before uh, with CO2, which is uh, known to be an aversive gas. It burns their lungs and their eyes. And they thrash around in panic, thinking that they're, they're being uh, suffocated, which they are. Uh, it's, it's the cheapest way to kill them. It's not the most humane. So, like, from the start to the end, like, any runt, any piglet who's not going to be as big, 
it's actually legal by the RSPCA have approved the method of killing of runt piglets by swinging them by their hind legs and smashing their head off a wall or off the ground. So blunt force trauma is acceptable. And we trust the RSPCA as some sort of ruling authority on animal welfare. But like the standards in farming are, are just sick and brutal. You know. Yeah, I, I presume the RSPCA don't recommend that form of execution of a piglet, but they accept it in terms of, well, they have to be disposed of, so there has to be the most humane way to do it. Yeah, but smashing someone's head off the ground doesn't sound very humane. We would never accept that for our companion animals. I mean, you're not even allowed to give like a painless lethal injection to a farm animal because that would contaminate the need for human consumption. And that's exactly what we would do as the best practice for our dogs, cats and horses. We don't send them to their death in the slaughterhouse, you know. I mean, what really gets me is that, you know, I went vegan eight years ago. I I ate meat and dairy and all the rest myself. And then, as I watched that documentary, Earthlings, uh, with Yakron Phoenix, the actor, and Moby, the musician, did the score. I just was very confronted by what I saw because, you know, you're never shown that unless you're raised in farming uh, what exactly happens to animals. And it really was quite upsetting. Yeah, I can understand the upset for so many people if they did see what happened inside an abattoir. I should emphasise, don't have anyone from the RSPCA here at this present moment in time just to explain their policy on the blunt trauma. Would like to invite them on just for clarity, for clarity on on that. What about what about the issue around the sheep shearing and the, and the show jumping? You've been very clear, obviously, on the abattoir aspect of disposing of animals. I think a lot of people, when they stop to think about it, are concerned. Many others just will ignore it, but there will be those who are concerned. And the vast majority of people don't want to think about what goes on inside an abattoir. Uh, Why do you object to the sheep shearing and the show jumping? Well, again, I mean, you don't need any animal products. We have plenty of alternatives for foods, clothing, um, you know, even medicines that we shouldn't be testing on animals. Vivisection is is an old, outdated uh, way of, of using animals. Um, so, yeah, sheep shearing, like the, the shearers are, are paid by the hour. They're not paid, you know, per sheep. So it kind of incentivizes them to, to go fast, especially, you know, that, that Balmoral show is exactly that, you know, the fast sheep shearing competition. Like they're prey animals, you know, when they feel like they're having someone's knee on their neck or head. Uh, but are they paid by the hour or paid by the sheep? Because uh, surely if they're paid by the hour, they could do it slowly. Whereas if they're paid by the sheep, they'd do it much quicker. Well, that's according to the article that Peter released, uh, the one that your colleague sent on to me this morning. I actually hadn't read it until this morning, but, um, yeah, that's, that's the suggestion that in the UK they're paid by the hour. Um, and I know that's the same in, in many uh, aspects of farming, like in the slaughterhouse, certain the, the workers are paid by the hour. So any welfare infraction uh, will slow up the process, and so workers are not incentivized to you know, make sure that the animals are, are actually getting their due care. Well, there would be a debate around the sheep shearing because whether or not it is more acceptable to shear them rapidly or to shear them uh, slowly. But you, you don't like the, the idea, the concept of, of the sheep shearing. And the, the, the show jumping, because I, I watched it yesterday. It was the one thing that I had a bird's eye view of because of where we were positioned. Those beautiful horses seem to be so well looked after and thoroughly enjoyed what they were doing. Hmm. Well, I'm glad. Uh, I assume none of them fell and broke their legs or broke their neck like they did in the Grand National that was protested by Animal Rising for that very reason. 
they're trying to suggest that why is it that we have to only enjoy animals by, by utilizing them in some way, either to make profit for betting on them or indeed farming them. Um, you know, but like is you there not a vast difference for, between the Grand National and show jumping? Uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's true. But like, no horse naturally has any of its geldings on its back. That's something that we have uh, subdued them to do. Like, there is the process of breaking a horse's spirit in order to allow a human to jump on their back. There's lots of whipping and coercion that goes on before they'll comply to that and maybe maybe select a breeding to choose for, like, you know, more docile-type animals. No doubting that people love their horses, but I don't think they should be their horses. I'd like to see more wild horses and to give them the space to actually live freely as they should be. And we've taken away all that space by using it all up for animal agricultural land which uses the vast majority of land, free land on earth. And very little is given over to plant farming and certainly no government subsidies by comparison. It's absolutely minuscule to the amount of taxpayers' money that goes into a cruel industry exploiting animals. So uh, there's a big problem with that. And just finally, the PETA people and animal rights activists think it shouldn't be the Balmoral Show, it should be the Balmoral Grow, and the whole idea of having a vegan event is something we should be aiming for. Do, do you do you see a vegan future on this planet? In obviously, it's not going to, you're not going to see it in ten years, but we thought twenty years ago that vegans wouldn't have a voice at all, and now they are in every family, literally in every family. Do do you see the, the vegan future? within the next 50 years? Well, we already have laws in place to protect uh, certain animals you know, from uh, harm, unnecessary harm. Like you can get jail and, and fines if you like, kick a cat, as Kurt Zuma found out. But like, <laughs> if we just want to be consistent and not hypocritical, we should be applying the same level of, of basic care uh, to all sentient beings. And we recognize that all animals are equally sentient. And like you said, pigs are extremely intelligent. So there's absolutely no justification for doing that to them. We don't need to eat animal products. In fact, it'll help to, uh, to lessen everyone's cholesterol to zero. Your body produces its own cholesterol. So from a health perspective, an ethical perspective, and if we want to take the climate emergency seriously, which you know the UK government and the Irish government have declared a state of climate emergency, they've done nothing to reduce uh, the de- devastating impacts that animal agriculture has on the planet. So, yeah, I mean, if, if we want to be rational people, and concerned about our children's future and the environmental destruction of our shared environment, then, of course, we should all be going and transitioning to a plant-based future. Okay. Uh, really good talking to you, Andrew. It's another perspective from what we were hearing uh, yesterday. You make an interesting point about kicking a cat. Uh, you would be fined for doing that. You'd actually be fined for kicking a cow or kicking uh, a, a pig. If you if you went down the road and started to kick them, uh, you could be arrested and fined, but you're you're allowed to kill them. It, it's, it's, it's a bizarre contradiction. It is a bizarre contradiction. Um, uh, Andrew, uh, thank you. Thank you indeed. Andrew Gotti, who is a, an animal rights activist, interested uh, uh, in your opinions on this, uh, do let us know, considering we've been so uh, positive about the whole idea, the whole concept of an agricultural show. We've been broadcasting live from it. We're broadcasting live from it again later today. But are these voices that are rarely heard? Uh, do let us know. 028-90-33-105. Fanula Meredith is patiently waiting. Good morning, Fanula. All good with you? <laughs> 
I'm well, thank you. Excellent. I'm just um, wondering where you stand on all of this. We've had Andrew, the animal rights activist, on, and I have to emphasize that I was at the Balmoral Show yesterday. I saw hundreds of farmers who love and care for their animals. They live for ensuring that their animals are properly cared for. Were you at the show? No, do you know, I actually haven't been at the Balmoral Show since I was a little girl, and that's quite a long time ago. And is that because you're not a farmer, or are you not into it? Where where, where do you stand on all of this? Because I know you've written the article, but I'm wondering, are you writing the article as a reporter or as an activist? No, No, neither. Uh, I wrote the article as an opinion column, you know, just more generally on the idea of veganism versus you know, uh, mainstream farming. That was kind of the, the approach I was looking at. And I was just thinking your previous guest, Andrew, I actually agreed with a heck of a lot of what he was saying, particularly about the um, intensive farming of pigs. It, it's appalling to my mind the way the way pigs are treated. As you said yourself, they're very sensitive, intelligent creatures. And to have them all sort of rammed in together and restrained, it's just, uh, I find it repugnant. I couldn't eat uh, pork that came from from pigs that were treated like that. But I do eat meat, and I do eat pork. But it comes from a rare breed farm down near Dunpatrick, where the pigs have a very happy life indeed. I've spent time with them many times, and they do all their natural things. You know, rooting in the ground, getting bugs, and wallowing in mud, and generally having a high old time. Yeah, no, they've they've great crack. Great crack. Well, they have great crack yeah. up until a guy comes with a long trailer and uh, they're yeah. thinking, well, why are we going to do this trailer? And then they end yeah. up in Market Hill or Hilltown or wherever and, oh, a lot of people here and a lot more pigs. And then eventually they go to a centre whereby mm, there's a lot of squealing going on. Have you, ever, have you ever heard an abattoir? Have you ever heard the inside of an abattoir, the no, squealing? To be honest, I don't want to. I mean, it does sound horrendous. I can't. I can't deny that. But, you know, we're not living in a world of moral absolutes. If we want to eat meat, then to my mind, or for me anyway, I'm not going to try to tell other people what to do. For me, the best thing to do is try to eat meat. The animals have had a good life, a really good life, a natural life um, and a long life compared to the way that, uh, you know, in mainstream farming animals are killed much more quickly. So for me, that's the right moral compromise. Mm. And some some of those pigs, of course, are are butchered on the on the actual farm where they where they've grown up, well, and, and there'd be many who would so argue actually, that that's more. Well, so some are, and some see that as more humane. I think there's, I think there's. Oh well, now you need to find an expert in this, but I think there's a rule whereby they have to be taken to the abattoir to be killed. But I, you know, wouldn't be the person to sure, ask sure, about that. Sure. All I'm saying is that it's, to my mind, it's a more ethical way. Of eating meat, and the other thing is far tastier, you know. And sometimes I look at those little pigs if I go to visit the farm and think, goodness, I'm going to eat them, and I do feel a bit of a pang of guilt. But then I also think, mmm, delicious bacon. (laughs) So. Yeah. That's where we are. I know, but to, to to me, as someone who isn't a meat eater, but yet comes from a farming oh. background, I, I, you know, are I, you I, vegetarian? Well, you know, I'm I'm not a meat eater. I, you know, do you, I have to put my hand up and say occasionally I eat fish. You know, and people go say, oh well, what about the poor wee fish? You know, there's, Pet- there's, vegetarian. Yeah, there's just something about the pig, the sheep. Mm-hmm. I I stand and look at them in the field. I stand and look at mm-hmm. them in my. In, in fields belonging to members of our family 
and I <laughs> admire them. And then, you know, you look out someday and they're not in the field and you know where they've gone. You know, you know where they are. They're, they're away to Hilltown or Market well, Hill. And I, 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 I personally couldn't bring the animal to that level at a personal level. I couldn't bring the animal to be put on the trailer. I would, I would feel an attachment to it. But I, then I'd be no good as a blimmin' farmer because that's what farmers are for. They're custodians of the countryside. They're to provide uh, meat for a healthy diet for uh, us as human beings. And they do it very, very well. But there is no getting away from the final chapter, which is the execution of the owl animal. There's no getting away from that. But like I say, there's a focus for me is what kind of life did the animal have? I'm going to eat meat. I want to eat meat from an animal that's had a good long life, that's been really well treated. It's had a certain, this social, like pigs are so social, you know, they've had that whole dimension of their lives. Mm-hmm. And also just with the rare breeds, those would die out if we didn't eat them. You know, you can't you just you can't just keep them for like an ornamental farm. We wouldn't have rare breed pigs if yeah. a proportion of them weren't weren't actually eaten. Yeah, and just just, just I'm almost on top of the news. I'm not even going to be able to take the point. But just on the slaughtering on your farm or property, um, if it's going to be eaten by you or your family, you have to adhere to the legal standards of home livestock slaughter. But it can be done, but it has to be done within rules and regulations. I'm on top of the news, Finola. It's always a pleasure, girl. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Nula Meredith with us here. She's writing in the Belfast Telegraph if you want to read what she said. <laughs>